J.C. Corcoran Podcast. you to stop this and you didn't listen to me i'm sorry but you left me no other choice i called the fcc oh yeah i know all about the fcc they will clean up all your talking in a manner such as this they will make you take a tinkle when you want to take a piss and they'll make you call fellatio a trouser friendly kiss here's the playing situation there's no negotiation with the fellas at the freaking fcc they're as stuffy as the stuffiest of special interest groups. Make a joke about your bowels and they order in the troops. Any baby with a brain could tell them everybody poops. Take a tip, take a lesson. You'll never win by messing with the fellows at the freaking FCC. And if you find yourself with some young sexy thing... You're gonna have to do her with your ding-a-ling. Cause you can't say penis. So they sent this little warning. They're prepared to do their worst. And they stuck it in your mailbox, hoping you could be coerced. I can think of quite another place they should have stuck it first. They may just be neurotic or possibly psychotic. They're the fellas and the freaking FCC. I'm just getting warmed up. Happy to see you again. Don't be nervous. Don't be rocky. You're a teenage guest is jockey now. And let me begin by wishing you a beautiful look. Did that voice inside you say, I've heard it all before. It's like deja vu all over It is, <laughs> it is Wednesday, October 18th, 2023, and you are at com. Seconds before I turn the microphone on, I banged my elbow on the table so hard that I'm seeing stars. Ah, Jesus. All right, where are we? Oh, you know, I played that FCC song because it reminded me of something because, let's see, when was it? Mm, day before yesterday. Day before yesterday was the... 33rd anniversary not that i'm celebrating but it was in 1990 and a couple of years prior to that it was the old breakfast club on 93.7 ksd the classic rock station and um it was right in the midst of the whole jim baker thing it's interesting i was channel surfing the other day and that son of a bitch is back on tv in branson it's just unbelievable but anyhow this was when the whole ptl club otherwise known as pass the loot was happening and uh, jim baker was going to end up in jail for a variety of things bank fraud money laundering and all this other stuff running this um ptl club everybody remembers tammy faye baker there's basically hair false eyelashes and makeup somewhere underneath all of that there was a face and of course the big story was that jim baker had boinked jessica Hahn, the church secretary who would eventually turn into a playboy model and a celebrity and sort of a national punchline and we had some friends at playboy magazine 
and they had conducted what would eventually become known as one of the landmark interviews in the whole history of the magazine and really in journalism at that time in the late 1980s. Because in that interview, she totally spilled the beans about how Jim Baker had taken advantage of her and had sex with her and on and on and on goes. So we had gotten a tip from our friends at Playboy that this interview was going to be just blockbuster stuff and you know i get into work every day at about 5 30 and i come walking in one day and there's a package laying in front of the front door and i take it into the building i go to the office i sit down i rip the thing open and there it is it's an advanced copy of playboy with that interview so i'm scanning the thing and i'm looking through it and i realize holy crap this really is big this is going to set the world on fire no exaggeration intended or needed this was a huge huge story so i picked out some excerpts and i ran them on the air there was no profanity there was definitely sexual content but you know i bleeped out all of the words that you know are words that the fcc finds objectionable okay i took all that out and it was graphic but it wasn't profane and it wasn't quote-unquote dirty and the whole time i'm reading this i'm like Hey, this is going to be on NBC and CBS and ABC later. I'm getting to scoop everybody here because of our friends at Playboy. And I'm reading the thing. And sure enough, you know, six or seven hours later, it was all over all of the media because uh, later on in the day, Playboy had excerpted the stuff and sent it to all of the major news outlets. So we had scooped them that morning. Now, what the networks did is they they aired a much more sanitized version of it, and uh, we read the nitty-gritty. Again, though, no words that you're not supposed to read, anything like that. I know what the rules are. I don't like the rules, but I know what the rules are. And sometimes you just have to follow the rules because it's either do that or do nothing, and I wanted to read it. So I read the whole thing, and it's about six months later. And the boss comes in and goes, come on in the office. Come and sit down. Like The FCC is looking to fine us for that Playboy interview with Jessica Hahn that you read a couple of years ago. I'm like, really? Now they're getting around to it? I don't understand. It was like three years later. They're like, yeah, apparently it has to go through a lot of stuff. The FCC works really, really slowly. And on and on it goes. Anyhow, to make a very long story short, you got to go through that thing called the Freedom of Information Act, and then you got to go through the FCC. And I was like, I want to know where this came from, because we had been on the receiving end of some stuff like that, FCC, quote unquote, complaints that had actually come from other radio stations. One morning I was on Casey and I did this thing, and I don't want to get into what it was. There's no point in it. But we start getting calls from all the news outlets and the Globe Democrat. And those people at the Globe, they were just in the three-point stance ready to pounce on me for anything that I did that they thought they could get me on because they just wanted my head on a stick. So, you know, all of these news outlets, everybody's running around. Jared Corcoran did today. JC did this. JC did that. Traced it back to one of the other radio stations in town. They didn't think we were going to find out, but we did. Remember that guy back in the 80s and 90s, Captain Don Miller, who was the KMOX traffic reporter? That guy narked on Alan Barklage. You know, our studios were at Corporate Square over there in Creve Core by the Red Cross near Lindbergh and Olive. And Alan used to uh, have a little patch out there where he could land the helicopter. Now, on occasion, Alan would land the helicopter, come and use the bathroom or something, and then have to go right back out. But he had to contact the tower at Lambert International Airport before he could take off. 
Well, sometimes the airport was just sitting there with their thumbs up their ass, and Alan's sitting there and sitting there and sitting there, and he's supposed to be doing traffic reports, and they haven't cleared him for takeoff yet, and Alan just figures, fuck it, I'm taking off. So he did that once, and somebody reported it to the FAA. And again, here comes the boss, come into the office, sit down, (laughs) somebody else is after us. And it turned out that it was Captain Don Miller. And he denied it, by the way. We knew it was him because he had done stuff like that before and Alan knew about it. So it's like, oh, yeah, I know Alan. It was Captain Don Miller. I know for sure. And and he denied it up and down. He was interviewed by the newspaper, the TV stations, and he denied everything. Well, of course, the report comes out. We get a copy of it. There's Don Miller's name at the bottom. And he came, Don Miller came after us again. We did a... Um, I think it was a 93-cent gas giveaway thing. And it was at that gas station on Lindbergh, just a little bit north of 40, on the east side. You know what it is? It's across from um, that suit place. What the hell is that guy's name? You're going to like the way you look. I can remember his slogan. I can't remember him. Anyhow, so it was right there. Well, traffic was backed up like all the way on to Highway 40. Because that was our frequency, 93.7. So we got almost $10,000 of free gas. And just when the gas runs out, the gas runs out. So people were just you know, filling up and people were listening to it on the radio and they're backed up all the way on the Highway 40. And we weren't doing anything illegal. Well, Don Miller's flying over it and he's naming names and he's jumping halfway up our ass and everything like that. Well, you know. It's only a couple of months later that Don Miller is flying over Highway 40 at Forest Park while the Camwex balloon race trials are going on. And that's got traffic bumper to bumper because everybody's rubbernecking. And Don Miller's up there going, ah, people are really being entertained by this right now. This is great entertainment for the people on Highway 40. It's like, yeah, it's bumper to bumper. So let me just get this right. Your backup for your balloon race is good. Our backup for free gas is bad. This is the kind of shit that went on for decades in St. Louis where people just were obsessed with me and with our show. I were just doing every sort of underhanded, dirty trick, under the table, sleazy, slimy way. They couldn't compete with us on talent and ability and just the quality of product. So they figured, well, we'll just try to dirty trick them to death sometimes you know sometimes they got us a little bit and get us enough but you know it's just made life miserable for a while because the management gets all upset and then they're giving you dirty looks and it's like who wants to walk around a place of business when you're getting dirty looks from the people who are signing your paycheck but anyhow going back to this um jessica han thing so it's literally like three years later and the fcc comes along yeah we're gonna they're gonna find us so we traced it back to a woman who was living in like a million house in Ladue, right over by McKnight and 40. As a matter of fact, I drove past the house because I wanted to see who it was. And they had a house that actually had a backyard that backed up to Highway 40 at the time. So if you're going north on McKnight and right before you would hit Highway 40, there's a street there. And if you made a left-hand turn out of the street, you go a couple of houses down and that's where this woman lived. And she claimed that she was, you know, irreparably emotionally damaged from hearing this conversation about Jessica Hahn. And that's the way it was back then. It only took one person. All you know, People are under the mistaken impression that the FCC comes along. And if you say, fuck, on the air, that there's somebody sitting there going, oops, oops, we got him. We got him. Hey, boss, he just said the F word. 
doesn't work that way. The FCC responds to complaints. I shouldn't be even talking about this because it'll give somebody who has an ulterior motive ideas. But all that happening 33 years ago this week. And a lot of you will remember this too because it was a couple of months later. We're at the Grammys in Los Angeles and there's like 30 radio stations all set up like in a big carnival midway. And they would bring in like Fleetwood Mac or something. And the band would just hop from table to table to table to table to table. Give everybody about five to ten minutes. And we used to do that for a couple of years in a row, and right down the aisle from us was Howard Stern. Now, I'd known Howard Stern, obviously, from my days at DC 101 in Washington. I always I always tell people, when Howard left to go to WNBC in New York, there were probably like three people left at DC 101 that were still talking to him, and I was one of them. Howard and I just got along, and I would see him every year at the Grammys. The A-List Interview with JC and the Morning Show Grams. My old pal and the king of all media, Howard Stern. Oh, you know, here comes Howard. Howard, come here. Howard, sit down. How you doing? Now I'm in St. Louis, Robin. Oh, we live on the air? Yeah, we are. Yeah. Okay, I'm in St. Louis now. Robin, this is the radio station that uh, got cited by the FCC, too. JC knows this. I believe what they're getting cited for by the FCC, they deserve to be punished by the FCC. <laughs> Howard says to me, he looks at the story and he goes, now see, he gives me a big smile and says, now see, I wouldn't have done that. No, here's the, here's the deal, Robin. We got on the air and we made some vague references to genitals and stuff, and we're cited by the FCC. So then these guys get on and start reading directly from, what was it, Playboy? From Playboy. Yeah. We read your friend, Jessica Hahn. We read the interview. Yeah. And thing. you had to read every dirty word that was in the magazine. We did. There were no dirty words. Yeah, but did you guys read about certain acts? Yes, we did. Oh, what's the man. dirty word? You guys went way too far. I didn't. You guys did. And <laughs> that's all I'm going to say about it. Good night. Please stay out of St. Louis. I got a wife and a kid now, okay? JC, I'm coming for you, baby. <laughs> yes, even the king of all media can get it wrong sometimes. Oh, man. Oh, man. That's some odd memories there. All right. This is pretty cool. I did it on the radio show this morning on 101.5 St. Louis, 101.7 West and beyond. We stream at kwolf.com. Anyway, I was talking about this. I guess I have to try this. I got to try this. You know, a lot of people making plans for holiday travel, although after seeing the movie Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, you know, I traveled on Thanksgiving Day last year, and it wasn't because I wanted to. It's because... I didn't have any options. And now you're like, oh, geez, here I go. If I see a guy with a big trunk with shower curtain rings in it, I'm going to lose it. And they always say to book the earliest flight of the day. So I did. My flight was at something like 5.40 a.m. going out of Lambert and coming into Tampa. So I had to be at the airport at like 3.30 in the morning. You would not believe what Lambert International Airport looks like at 3.30 in the morning on Thanksgiving Day. It looked like Costco the day before the Super Bowl. I couldn't believe it. The place was humming, and it makes you wake up real fast. But actually, everything went uh, pretty well. And I went through the Austin, Texas airport, had a little layover there. Boy, is that a nice place, and the food's fantastic. Anyhow, with regard to the travel, people will try various websites. Although they tell you going straight to the airline, I know it's true with hotels. They say don't ever book a hotel through one of those like Travelocity type things. They said this is just not a good idea. Go straight to the hotel. I don't mean physically go to the hotel, but I mean go to their website, go to their operator, wherever it is, and book your hotel room that way. There's apparently a lot of advantages to doing it that way and some real pitfalls if you use one of those alternative websites. Anyhow, I did not know you could do this. 
a woman on TikTok discovered this. Go to Google Flights, Google Flights, and then type in the word anywhere as your destination. A map of the world pops up with ticket prices for every major city on earth. You can dial it in by price too, so it only shows flights that fit your budget. If you click the calendar to change your dates, there's also a flexible dates option that shows the cheapest flights for specific months or any time in the next six months. Now, she used Google Flights, but Kayak has a similar option. If you type anywhere as your destination, it does basically the same thing. Try it. Let me know if it works. And if on Thanksgiving you send me a note saying, I'm stuck in the Wichita airport, I'll know that you ran into Del Griffith. <laughs> My daughter, <laughs> I just snorted. My daughter has taken a liking to planes, trains, and automobiles. We just watched it two nights ago. It's still fantastic. Mandatory viewing for this time of year as we approach Thanksgiving. It just seems like the world doesn't want to talk about anything other than Taylor Swift and Travis Kelsey. And to some extent, I guess you can understand it. You turn on the TV and it's just, everything's awful. I mean, these videos coming out of the Middle East, they're just awful. And then you figure, okay, well, I'm trying to watch some politics. And it's these guys on Capitol Hill with their thumbs up their asses trying to, you know, establish a Speaker of the House. A lot of the really good TV shows, at least on the networks, uh, are still not back because the writer's strike just ended a while back. And they got to get those shows all into production and edited and everything. That's going to take a month, minimum. So people are looking for an escape, as people like to say. And one of the, eh, I'm going to call it a big story, but it's an interesting story for reasons that will become obvious here in just a minute. Uh, Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift went to the Saturday Night Live after party last weekend. They both did cameos on the show. Brilliant move on the part of Lauren Michaels and everybody else involved with booking people on the show. It's the only thing people are talking about these days because politics driving people crazy with the Speaker of the House thing and, and then the war going on. Pick your war, Ukraine, Middle East. So I guess it's no real surprise that people are looking for an escape, as people say. I was lucky enough to have attended one of those Saturday Night Live cast parties that they do after an episode of Saturday Night Live. This was in 1990, and we were in New York for the Grammys. Did a week of shows in New York, and I had some friends at NBC, and they're like, I can get you into the party. I'm like, really? Now, my alarm goes off at you know, four o'clock in the morning. So I'm not used to staying up late, but, but the show ends at one o'clock in the morning and at about 2.30, we all arrived at this place on, it was on the Upper West Side. There was a restaurant called Carmine's. Odd that I would remember the name of that restaurant after all these years. So it's 2.30 in the morning and I'm thinking to myself, we're not going to get into this. I mean, I know the guy said he put my name on the list, but they're not going to let me in here. So I walk up there. They're like, yes, Mr. Corcoran, come on in. Holy jeez. I come walking in, and the first thing that I see is Marcy Klein, Calvin Klein's daughter and one of the longtime producers at Saturday Night Live, sitting at a table of like six people. It was a booth, and Phil Hartman was sitting there, and I looked at Phil Hartman and was like, holy crap, that's Phil Hartman. And I looked away for a moment to see, just sort of look around a little bit, and when I looked back at Phil Hartman, his forehead was on the table. It was like 
he wasn't passed out, but he was sort of acting like maybe he was passed out. So now I come walking through the place, and there was like a dance floor almost in the middle of this restaurant, a small dance floor. And again, keep in mind, I've been in this place 15 seconds. And I look over, and here is Chris Farley, and he's on Lauren Michaels' back, riding him like he's a three-year-old going for a ride on Daddy's back. And everybody is laughing. And I'm thinking to myself, this is Lauren freaking Michaels. This guy's not known for being a big party animal or something, but he's laughing. And Farley is laughing and everybody's laughing. I don't know why Chris Farley was doing this, but he was. And then I ran into Dana Carvey and Dana Carvey looked at me and he just walked right over to me and said, you're my favorite radio announcer. Why? Because we had just had him in the studio when the old uh, classic rock station KSD, we had just had him on for like two hours and then I shot TV with him and everything. So we got to know each other pretty well. And he looked at me and I don't think he could really place me other than the fact that he remembered that he had done the radio show. So we started talking and I sort of refreshed his memory a little bit and that was cool. And at one point, while I'm talking to him, Mike Myers walks over and Dana introduces me to Mike and Mike and I start talking. And I had heard through the grapevine that the um, National Hockey League, which was celebrating, I don't know, if it's 75th or 100th anniversary or something like that. They were looking for one sort of big star from every NHL market to represent the National Hockey League in some special promotional stuff that they were going to be doing for the big anniversary celebration. And I had heard that Mike Myers had been chosen by the Chicago Blackhawks because when Mike was in Chicago all those years doing Second City, he became a big Blackhawks fan. And a lot of pictures you see of Mike Myers still, he's wearing a Blackhawks hat or jersey or something like that. Don't hate him. So we got talking about that a little bit because somebody from the Blues organization had approached me because they knew that I knew John Goodman a little bit back then. And they wanted to see if John Goodman would be the guy who would represent the St. Louis Blues in this big anniversary celebration. So we're just sitting there. We're just talking away. And I said to him, you know, are you going to do it? And he said, I would love to, but I just can't right now. I'm on deadline. I'm trying to finish this movie script. And, you know, I'm working on this thing like, you know, 18 hours a day, working on the TV show on Saturday Night Live. I just don't have any time to dedicate to anything right now. I got to get this movie script done. I'm like, oh, okay. And as you know, a lot of Saturday Night Live people have ended up in movies, some more successful than others. Obviously, the Blues Brothers, Belushi and Aykroyd, but then, you know, like the It's Pat movie or the Ladies Man, <laughs> Tim Meadows, who I think is one of the funniest people on earth, but the movie just didn't connect. So I didn't really think too much of it. Well, it turned out to be Wayne's World. I should have asked more questions. I should have asked more questions. And I bailed out of that party at about. I don't know. It was something like 4.30 in the morning. I'm sorry. Even then, I was too old to be staying up all night. But it really was interesting to watch all of these people sort of operating in an environment where it wasn't on television. It wasn't in an interview situation. It was just all of them half in the bag celebrating a very successful Saturday Night Live episode and just hanging out having fun. Just one of those things I got to do over the years that I will never, ever forget. I hate when I plan my entire evening around a big ball game, and the big ball game is over in the first 20 minutes. The Phillies crushed the Diamondbacks 10 to nothing last night, so now they're up two games to none. Houston and Texas, and I know that's confusing. Rangers are up two games to none. 
That series continues tonight. Mizzou makes it to number 20 on both national polls. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Tom Brady says the NFL is becoming more like flag football. He thinks it's becoming less and less physical because refs are throwing too many flags. This is fascinating considering the fact that all of these rules protecting quarterbacks were pretty much inspired by Tom Brady because the league knew that it was money in the bank to have Tom Brady play in football. You don't want him injured because then people aren't interested anymore and they don't watch. So they started passing more and more rules in the NFL to protect quarterbacks, primarily Tom Brady. And so now Tom Brady isn't playing football anymore and he's being critical of the very rules that were established to protect him. You know, I, I'm sure Tom Brady's a nice guy. He's handsome, you know, he's just disgustingly handsome. But boy, that guy says some stupid shit every once in a while. Our top entertainment story today, Ozzy Osbourne pisses himself when he's on stage. He says, well, I'm wet anyhow from throwing water on the audience, so nobody knows anyhow. So if I got to go, I just let her fly. Ronnie Wood on with Jimmy Fallon tonight. The Stones album comes out on Friday and I'll tell you this, if the rest of the album is as good as the single called Angry, this is going to set the musical world on fire. Martin Scorsese, his movie comes out on Friday. I have not seen it. Talking Heads on with Colbert, although I find David Byrne to be just a little bit full of himself these days. I'm with Colbert. Seth Meyers as Nathan Lane. This is interesting. Kevin Spacey delivered a speech about cancel culture at Oxford University. Got a standing ovation at the end. Martin Scorsese, by the way, we were just talking about his movie coming out on Friday. He says he was banned from some Italian restaurants after Goodfellas came out. This would have been Chuck Berry's 97th birthday. I've talked about this before. You know, sometimes you'll be discovered by somebody, an old friend that you haven't talked to in 20 or 30 years, and they find you on Facebook. Oh, you know, I always knew you'd get into radio and all that. And so I'll start trying to show off, you know, I'll pull down some celebrity photographs and send them. Oh, yeah, here's me with David Letterman. Oh, yeah, here's me with Ringo. Here's me with whatever, you know, just trying to show off. But the one picture that stops them dead in their tracks every time is the Chuck Berry picture. Chuck Berry with our arms around each other, big smiles. They just cannot believe that I knew Chuck Berry. We lost him in 2017. Oh, you know who's uh, having a birthday today is Lindsey Vaughn. I talked about this on the radio show today, too. i got to be careful what I say. But um, there was this thing called the fappening that occurred. Oh, geez, I don't know how many years ago it was. But it was when um, somebody had figured out a way to hack into a lot of celebrities' cell phones. And lo and behold, guess what they found? Nakedity, nakedness, sex videos. And one of the phones that got hacked was Tiger Woods and Lindsey Vaughn. The pictures appear to be taken in either in his bathroom or her ba uh, ba bathroom. I don't know, but it's full frontal nudity. She took one of him. He took one of her. Now, in terms of Tiger, let's just say it's not a myth after all. A guy's got a damn garden hose. And then the pictures of Lindsey Vaughn were fascinating because, again, this is full frontal nudity. And she has the strangest body I've ever seen. Now, in some ways, I look at it and I go, ah, see, that's why she is such a good skier, because her body is fucked up. 
Her whole center of gravity is not the way you would see in a normal woman. It's great for skiing, but it's um, you know borderline unattractive when she's got nothing on. And she's 39 today. <laughs> I know what's coming. That's why I'm laughing. Martina Navratilova, 67. To the archives we go. Well, thanks, Bill. With me is Martina Navratilova, winner here four times in the 80s, starting in 1983. This was your last of the Grand Slams that you finally won. What was that first one like for you? Oh, relief. Great relief. Big monkey off my back. I mean, I said it then and I'm saying it now. It really felt like maybe I never win that t tournament. So I was very happy when it finally happened. Was there one moment uh, that really stands out, either that year or one of the other years that you won it? Yeah, losing to you, bitch. No. <laughs> wow. That's, that's one of those times where it's just like, eh, now back to you, up in the booth where you're safe from stuff like this. Oh, Christ sakes alive. It's like I said, every time I look up at the TV, they're taking another vote for Speaker of the House. Uh, you looked at some of the statements that were coming, for instance, from Anthony D'Esposito yesterday. Again, he's from Long Island. He was talking about nuts and bolts, meat and potatoes kinds of things that he was looking for in a speaker. Anthony D'Esposito, it's fascinating how the future of the country, the person who would be the third in command to be president of the United States, is being decided by Anthony D'Esposito. So they're taking the second vote right now. By the time you hear this, the results of this vote will already be public. I just got this strange idea that they're going to keep doing this. They're going to keep coming up with nobody and eventually just give it to Ryan Seacrest. And with that, the J.C. Corcoran podcast for Wednesday, October 18th, 2023 is in the can. We're here every weekday morning, Monday through Thursday at 11 a.m. If you can spread the word, that always helps. You can reach me, J.C. at jconthelinecom Facebook, the showgram with J.C. Corcoran. And every morning on KWOLF at 101.5 St. Louis, 101.7 West and beyond and streaming at kwolf.com. Have a great day. We'll talk to you in the morning. In the meantime, we've beaten this one to death. Have a good one. See you later. Bye. The J.C. Corcoran Podcast.